So 70 what? You know, maybe try a lot. Here's the thing. Oh, are we recording? What's going on? It's not going to come up. Thanks for saying that every time. Uh, what's the trial on? Oh, I was, uh, we were just <laughs> discussing whether this movie is sixty-nine or seventy minutes because Wikipedia says six. Wikipedia says seventy. Uh, Letterbox says seventy. The trial on says sixty-nine. Some other sources say nice. sixty-nine. I'm sure there's like nineteen versions of this film, so who cares? But you know. And then my uh, contribution was Disney Plus had it at seventy-four, but I turned it off after because it, like it has like the four minutes of like. These are yeah. translations that mm. somebody did that we didn't pay enough to like which put forth um, to just our service. Just my mic while we're recording. Yeah, good. Jason, please spit, clip this spit, out. Spit filter real close to the it's top. Not happen. But, sorry. To the windscreen. Get some ASMR going. Okay. Still it's not funny. used to this new Zencaster UI. It's kind of sleek. It is. But... It is. Dis- it's honestly disgusting. I wish they hadn't done this. They had one update before this that was like, okay, it looks cleaner. It looks modern. Now they're just like, oh, it's night drive mode. Like, what the what the fuck do we? Yeah, need they to- defaulted to the dark mode, which I guess is the cool stuff to do these days. But I still like the light. I'm the, like I'm the, the sicko mode. who still has everything yeah. on light. And mode. there's yeah. stuff because like Cody knows because he's been in the back end here for like setting up calls and stuff. They've now like structured every episode you record into like, oh, it's part of a show, right? Well, import your show from Apple iTunes and we can like list out every episode and we can produce and we can and we can it's like they've added way too many features for what i even want this tool for uh and it's just more confusing than helpful at this point because i had it down to a science for three podcasts i make and now they've just decided to throw a wrench in those gears with the effort to like consolidate everything into one big tool eventually zencaster will be bought by apple or pocket cast is going to get consumed by by zencaster some shit and we're all going to have just one platform one app app we go to for every goddamn thing we do in our lives i mean hate this organizationally yeah i don't i don't know i love how it looks now i like the old way better but going into a record uh, a recording do i like feeling like i'm about to be on the soundtrack for a nicholas winding reffin movie from 2011 you know what i can kind of get on board with that why not just like pounding yeah uh, bass lines pounding or danish uh Synth- house music and a real yeah. hero Real All right. Thank you. Beings. Can you just keep going with that, and it can be our uh, our intro music for this episode? Sure. So you're just going to start, and I'm going to keep gonna, doing I'm the. I'm going I'm to say thank you so much for <gasps> listening to Trilon, a literal roundtable podcast about movies we saw at the Trilon Cinema or people we met there. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Trilon Podcast. Like you can find us. the Trilon at Trilon Cinema. Uh, my name is Jason Daphnis. You can call me a flower if you want to. I don't mind. Uh, nothing gets oh. me horned quite like warm weather. I'm Cody Narvison, and you can find me on Twitter at Cody underscore BH. I'm thumping. That's why they call me Thumper. <laughs> they don't call me Thumper. They call me <laughs> Harry. You can find me on Twitter at Shitaki Harry. I, I, I'm gonna do. Did you? Okay. Was that a? <laughs> is that a subtle <laughs> insult to me based on my letterbox? I'm just curious. I'm just curious. Is that? Did you come up with that quote independent of my letterbox view, which clearly established that of all the characters in the film, I am Thumper. Not er- uh, not everything is about you, Aaron. The world I'm doesn't just saying it's it's an interesting you. coincidence that I very specifically said I was Thumper, and you decide you're Thumper. It's fine. You it's can, weird. It's you like, are, you I are go... the first person to bring up that Thumper is the best. The first person in human recorded history. I mean, history. So, I mean I, it's obvious that everybody likes Thumper the most. So it is arrogant to assume that I could just call myself as Thumper. You know, but, it's too you know, it's too bad too I did. because I, I did it. I, I was go the first person. But here the thing is, I go before you on the podcast. So in yeah, fact, look look at the letterbox date. We are I'm recording thumper. at two twenty two p.m. on nine eleven. Forget. And uh, that is after I made my letterboxed review. All right. Anyway, it doesn't matter. My name is Aaron. Uh, if you can't say anything nice, don't come on this podcast because my feelings are very fragile. 
Uh, and you can find me Clearly. on Twitter at RB, please. Well, uh, yeah, obviously. I'm heated now. I'm heated. For right now, uh, I will pass it to Aaron for his quick, uh, efficient, very succulent, uh, patented Aaron Grossman summary. Ooh, don't know how. Mm. Might be, you might be surprised that uh, despite the length of this film, how long my summary is here. But, I won't uh, be. Yeah, yeah we're talking go. about uh, Bambi, 1942 film, uh, directed by David Hand. It is a Walt Disney joint, uh, of course. It is based on the book Bambi, A Life in the Woods by Felix Salton. Uh, it was the fifth animated film by Walt Disney Animation Studios after Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, Pinocchio, Fantasia, and Dumbo. Uh, I think we're probably all generally aware uh, of the plot of Bambi, but if you have been living under a rock, or you are some sort of maybe space alien that's visiting in order to learn about uh, Earth's culture, in order to increase the chances of a successful invasion, you know, a kind of annihilation effort. Uh, The film tells the story of a newborn fawn named Bambi, who learns about the ways of the forest from his mother, uh, as well as from a host of new friends, uh, specifically the young rabbit uh, Thumper and a skunk named Flower. Bambi's somewhat uh, kind of oddly absent father is the great prince of the forest. Uh, when when uh, uh, hunters, specifically capital M men, uh, invade the forest to hunt, they kill Bambi's mother uh, as well as a number of other animals in the process. And Bambi learns about death uh, as well as his ability to protect those around him. Uh, he also learns a little bit. Uh, about the birds and the bees, uh, fucking when he meets a young female deer named Faline. Uh, Bambi was originally planned to be a live action film, actually, under MGM, uh, but the rights to it uh, was, uh, they were, the rights were eventually sold to Disney. Uh, the film was intended to be Disney's second, but kind of a number of factors, um, including problems uh, adapting the story, as well as issues animating the deer specifically, uh, and kind of making that feel realistic, uh, led to an enlarged uh, production time. Uh, the film's actually released to, didn't know this, uh, pretty mixed reviews. Um, reviewers, uh, at least, I don't know, the ones that kind of were like aggregate, aggregated uh, elsewhere, uh, who knows what the fucking random ass papers wrote back then. But the the ones that you can read now uh, uh, kind of mostly complained about the lack of magic uh, in previous, compared to previous uh, Disney releases as apparently the natural wonder of the forest and the, the natural world wasn't good enough for those losers. Uh, the film was even somewhat of a financial disappointment on release, uh, largely due to the context uh, of it being released in World War II, uh, but the film would later on, uh, of course, kind of recoup its costs and go on to be considered one of the greatest films uh, of all time, animated or otherwise. Uh, the film was followed up by a sequel, Bambi 2, in 2006. A live-action remake is also in development. Yucky. Uh, I, I do... Yes. I, like there's, there's, hey, everybody on the call is laughing. I know they're muted, but folks at home, they're laughing. They're having a grand muted. old time. I was not I gave those, a big old screechy oh, laugh that emitted no sound. That oh was very funny. God. I, I, I found that Bambi to be the, the funniest fucking thing, the, the lack of magic being it's a, a so sincere good, man. And like It's a magical I, I, film. There's, there's yes, a, there's obviously. A whole, there's a whole, like, I mean, reviewers at the time justified it by saying, you know, w- with all of the examples that they could muster of comparing it to, like, previous uh, animated films where, you know, this, the beautiful Florida animation, the world in which these characters are pre- presented. But there's one paragraph from Manny Farber for the New Republic in 1942. <laughs> I don't know if you read this review, but it's easily, easily accessible, and I've got it in the show notes in keeping with this new spirit bambi talks itself dizzy to the exclusion of movement and action sounds pretty 
it, it sounds pretty like critical. The animals are horribly equipped with human voices, not the tender <laughs> piping of Mickey or the incoherent gabbling of Donald, which were so perfectly <laughs> right, but the cuddly or waspish voices of ladies and gentlemen. Like their counterparts in the regular movies, the animals here gather around and trade chit chat. Very sweet. And it is grotesque. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here, here's, the, here's the thing. Um, one. Uh, <laughs> Pauline Kael wrote something kind of similar. She was specifically complaining about the grown-up voices for Bambi. And Which, she is right about that. that she, Those voices are gross, yes, horrifying the, to listen to. Grown-up Bambi is awful. It's so funny and good, though. They, they yes, sound, of course. They sound like classic Her- puberty-esque. Hercules, yes. he's like, hello, mother. It is I, Bambi. <laughs> and fucking Thumper sounds like he's been smoking for the 15 I, years they've been away. <laughs> just because we've been joking about Thumper so much, it Thumper turns from, uh, I hate to say it, easily, undeniably the best character in this movie to just like a kind of, I please get him off screen. I don't, I don't care. Don't speak anymore, Thumper. You're still cute. Do not talk. I don't want to hear what you have to say. I don't know who this voice I I didn't, uh, as part of the summary, I usually do like voice actors and whatnot. Uh, there's like, there's like six voice actors for every character because there's so many different stages of their life. So I didn't do it, but uh, yeah, if you're and curious, they even transform the his his adorable signature thumping into a into a rather horrific detailed metaphor for masturbation. <laughs> oh yes. Oh, they, I mean, film's kind of kind of horny. It's a it's, it's a very horny, horny movie. I didn't right. remember just, like a full third of the film. Yes, so. like. about 25% of this movie pound for pound is explicitly about getting it on, you know? And it's not even like in a natural, like wonders of nature. It's very natural, Jason. It's very natural. It's it's imposing very human characteristics and very human concepts of romance onto, I I don't know. It's, it's not unusual uh, to be loved by anyone. It's not unusual. It's not, it's not completely foreign as somebody (laughs) who grew up watching the movies of the, the Disney movies of the nineties for like, non-human characters to not to like fall in love and bat their eyes and do all that weird shit but in this movie it's like it's the point of an entire scene that the owl talks about like hey you will meet something of the opposite uh, sex and you will like get a hard on for them and and you will like roll I, in the head the owl doesn't say that he says that explicitly he I, I have the script up right now he pulls out diagrams it's like health class <laughs> for the animals no well, yeah. I mean, and the precursor I, to that scene is when he gets woken up and he's like right, hey you kids fucking out there <laughs> Yeah, he wakes up and gets angry because the, the animals are just too horned up outside of his window or whatever. Yeah, that's, he's that's, a, that's a funny he's old He's an guy. ace king, yeah. We, we love the owl. That's true, yes. Uh, representation in this, uh, this uh, 1940s I don't know, I don't film. If, I don't know if he is so much, so much as he's just an old codger. He just hates the idea of other people having, I guess, well, like, anti-sexual. We just have to read the text as it is, Jason. We don't mm, know that for that's sure. That's all we've got. You know? uh, and that reading the text as it is is what we are what we do best here um i, I don't know the greatest penetration point i like watching this movie oh, again after <clears throat> watching this movie again after the i don't know it's probably been 20 years since i last saw it and it's not like it got a whole lot of repeat play in my home it's it was boring when i was a kid and now it's kind of just like standard now that i'm, <laughs> that I'm now that i'm older i don't know you had you had fucking hercules you had Beauty and the beast you had like movies that objectively kind of looked hercules more undeniably recent. a worse film like like no offense to i oh i'm sorry I, I jason think- it's true <laughs> Hercules often regarded as like one of the worst, like uh, kind of the the, the point at the top of the Disney roller coaster where they're like, oh, pop culture references, oh, celebrity voice actors, oh, all of this shit just down, down. Uh, I don't know about that. Aladdin prefigured it, it, and Aladdin is a. 
is a classic. Aladdin is a better film than Hercules. I would agree. I would agree. No, of but course it is. Ar- but I wouldn't agree that that solidly Bambi is a better movie than Hercules. I'm, I'm a bit verklempt. I don't know what to say. I you, wait. You're verklempt that Bambi is a better. Are you? That, that wait, anybody's really? got that opinion? Is that a thing? Yeah, the film's beautiful. What do you mean? It yeah. is beautiful. Bambi's a beautiful yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. It's an artistic work. And I was six when I first watched these. Oh movies. yeah, no, no, no. So I what mean, are you talking about? No, yeah, of course. Yeah, I understand why you like the movie, the guy with the sword and everything. Yeah, yeah. but now well, also, he's a grown up. I, w- I will say that that nothing has captured uh, Bambi's appeal or lack thereof toward its uh, ostensible target audience than the the little kid who was sitting several rows ahead of us at the Trilon, who, as soon as the movie started, said, oh, yeah, I don't like this one. <laughs> to his dad. <laughs> Wait, how old? How old? Oh, he, how old? Again, like, probably exactly as old as Jason was, right? Like, maybe a little oh, bit sure. younger than six, but it, but it is like, there are a lot of Disney there movies hero. That, that get played over and over again when you're a kid. I kind of doubt Bambi was that for very many I, of these kids. Yes, you are, of course, correct. I, I, yes, you are, of course, correct. I mean, my main, like... Uh, but that, but uh, that is because it's actually sort of like an art experience and not like a children's film. To, to head off the conversation I think we'll probably have, I, I will say that for all the Disney... Uh, dumping let's say the disney dumping we do on this podcast uh i while i was watching this i was thinking like what would i think of this film if i was just not at all points just dedicated to shitting on disney due to its modern context uh, and even some of that historical context of course Uh, and i think the answer is this film is like kind of incredible uh outside of that context right like i think it's like genuinely pretty wonderful and like the heartwarming and you know, whatever you want to describe to it. And even the animate, I mean, that's another thing is like, there are so many animated sequences in this, for instance, the, the running of like the male deer through the meadow when like the animation style changes up so drastically oh, yeah. in a way that feels like, it feels like kind of incredible and it doesn't call attention to it in the same way that I think a lot of modern animated films do when they do something kind of tricky and witty. Right. Um, like, I think this is kind of a great film. Like genuinely, I've got. Uh, but also, I, yes, I don't actually think that. I mean, this is yes. I think that I've got that yeah. is fully my take as well, and maybe the take of everybody here. I've got similar feelings about parts of the movie, but I understand. Uh, my friend Cody has something to say. Oh well, yeah. I mean, I don't know how many of these Disney movies will end up doing. Full disclosure, um, but like, I mean, as far as and we already jumped into it, which is great. But the whole like our existing bandwidth with regards to disney and i think jason you like i was trying to like uh, articulate this with you where i grew up either watching a lot of disney movies or at least just like having them on in the background i was raised on tv look i'm a kid of the 90s whomst among us was not raised on television and more than just like i mean there were definitely a few um uh like yeah, I, I went through a, a few VHS tapes of like Fox and the Hound and like Lion King. I think I remember watching a lot. And there's also um, these, I don't even know if these are even really a thing anymore, but like VHS tape compilations of like sing-along songs from different B- Disney movies, like animated oh, yeah. ones and live action ones too. And so like, even though I didn't watch, you know, Snow White and Little Mermaid all the way through, like in bits and pieces, you put string all their songs together. It was like, oh, I have a very good familiarity with all of, all of, or I, guess, I should say most of these movies because I saw 80% of them through like the musical numbers and Bambi was not one of those movies. This is, you know, it's when, well, I guess you know, Snow White has a lot of musical numbers. Bambi takes place 
um, or you know, like we said, what the fifth um, Walt Disney animated classic. It doesn't really have too much of that, and you know, it's a, at a different, a starkly different time from Disney's. You know, whatever in the the Hercules and Aladdin and Lion King esque era, where like you know, do I think Bambi's a more beautiful film experience than uh than hercules yeah probably but if i'm just like if i'm throwing on somebody if i'm if i'm on the brink of death uh due to hangover uh alcohol poisoning and i need to put one of one of the two on to you know make it through through an afternoon i'm probably gonna throw on hercules they're just like it's yeah. comparing apples to, to different apples you hmm. know you just you just can't do that can't there's do not that. a phrase to describe something like that it's it's comparing uh like pretty good apples to the apples that come in the box with like the disney like uh like advertisement on yes. the front despite the fact that apples have nothing to do with the movie the little mermaid right. apple pack and it's like why what is this tie-in here this this movie's decades old why is that still on apples for some reason sorry continue this is a very distinctly not disney type disney movie right like i think that the thing that we're honing in on here is that like this to me it felt like back in the the day right and it makes sense that it was supposed to be disney's very second feature right because it is first and foremost a really brilliant animation showcase um even the the plot in as far as a plot of this movie sort of exists, which it does, but it is sort of um, it's it's pastoral and cyclical, right? Rather than being um, focused on sort of like an action packed plot that a child would get into, right? It's it's more about the sort of like long circle of Bambi's life. Um, the the point of this movie to me is to showcase um, animation and to use the showcasing of animation to make a. Um, a really salient point. Um, whereas I think that like, I wouldn't say entertainment is not the primary purpose of this movie, but it feels like it's a very different type of entertainment than something like Hercules, right? Or even something like Aladdin, which is like, those are action packed kids movies that are really fun. Um, and, uh, this is, this is like, this is art. You know what I mean? Or, or even something like the, the even the next few films that Disney would do like this is this is right before Disney started doing a bunch of like uh camera with a call but they did like a bunch of like anthology-esque films right they would have like a bunch of short little kind of short stories or short segments kind of broken up Fantasia was obviously that but I think Fan Fantasia kind of most resembles Bambi maybe of those those early films but like after this they would do they did a bunch of films for like the the Latin American market and whatnot that are kind of uh notorious in their own ways um and they they did like a bunch of like ones that are like yeah very like contained of like shorter kind of uh animated short stories and whatnot that were yeah very fun the kind of thing that that i again i had like random vhs tapes of like animated collections maybe not like the sing-along songs but like oh here's a short little popeye bit here's a another animated character oh here's a boring sing one let's skip that let's go to and I, you know, I grew up on that as a kid. I didn't grow up on on Bambi in the same way. And it, it, you're right that it like does not feel to me as someone who like mostly wasn't raised on Disney stuff and is maybe a little bit distanced does not feel like a kind of classic Disney film, even though it obviously is. I think. I think you're right. Sorry, I just wanted to pause so we could figure out Harry's stuff. Um, looks like he froze. Yeah, I was just kind of uh, uh, riffing there, hoping he would. Uh, come Harry, back. can you hear us? Know. Harry, are Harry, you here? Please. Harry, come back to us, please. All right, maybe he'll come back. Um, is he going to refresh? I, I don't know what he's going to do. He froze. R.I.P. R.I.P. Um, 
I just don't know about whether or not I feel the same, but like, obviously a, a technical achievement, a, an artistic, like, I think really interesting, I hesitate to say statement or like Harry was bringing up a, a really salient point. I don't know that I see or hear that myself. Yeah. Harry, try refreshing. Um, and I just, I'm not, I don't know if I'm as on board with that take. I guess it's, it might just be because of its age and because of like what has come since. But, uh, as of, as of this watch, it was more, I'm impressed by what I'm seeing. And yet, like, I'm usually impressed by what I see. I'm like, I, I don't put like the style only really stuck out to me during the really pivotal scenes we were talking about, like the fire scene. That um, seems so sick. Which, which other one was it? Uh, uh, the, the the fight between uh, Bambi and the other stag, like both both of those scenes, and I don't want to focus on them entirely because they're just like the only cases I can think of where like you guys' reaction and my reaction are, are aligning. But those scenes are like stunningly well, I think, directed, uh, styled, um, scored. If I remember, both of those scenes have like very minimal actual sound design as such. It's usually just score and like cymbal hits and uh, you know, swishes and snare crashes and stuff for, for like big sounds and, and to play up the, uh, you know, the moment through music rather than sound effect. And I, I guess it is a thing like Aaron was saying, where if I, if I try to remove my lens of how I've felt about Disney stuff over the last 29 years of my life and how that's changed. Yeah. It's, it's a different experience than, uh, than I might have if I would like, than I currently have in the real world. Like right now I'm seeing, oh, every Disney movie might have, might do this to convey this like action or emotion or make me feel this way about a thing where this movie was like, we're just taking it as a given that we can have this like deeply impressionistic, um, very silhouette focused fight scene between two stags and it'll work. And every, the kinetic motion of it and the staging all works. And we're not going to have any sound that indicates what's actually happening or that violence is occurring or that, and it's just like they, they pared it down to the most basic, human eyes can see this and understand what's happening. And yeah, that does feel like a minimalist take on a very maximalist, what has become a very maximalist genre, like what is very focused on detail and realism rather than effect and like impressive, uh, you know, animation style, so to speak. I, when I, when I look at that without 20, with either 2022 or 1942 eyes, I don't know how much value that has to me personally. I really like watching a nicely made movie. Obviously you can see every like ounce of effort that went onto the page. Does that mean, does that like elevate it for me? Not really, but yeah, it's, it's a nice movie to watch, I suppose. Yeah. I, I totally get where you're coming from. And I think, uh, I mean, like you gestured at, I mean, I think I would probably feel differently about this movie if I did have, um, you know, more of a runway with it or, you know, you know, had more, um, you know, had reps watching it when I was a kid, because like there, the way that this is structured, it's very, you know, um, visually maximalist and it's, you know, there, it does, um, like it, it feels like the team that, that put this together was still so like, you can tell that they are still in, in a lot of ways, very fascinated with like putting the most compelling images on the screen in like a feature length film format. Like there are um, like really excellent, like the lead in sequence, you know, like we're being introduced to the forest and then like the changing of the seasons and when it starts raining and just like, there are a lot of very like sequences that, I mean, even feel like they're very like lovingly put together. And then between there we're with, um, you know, we're, we're hanging out with these animals. We're hanging out with a skunk that has human hands and, and feet and it was kind of off putting. Um, and like, it kind of got to the point where I was like, do we need the, I, 
I don't know, back then maybe there was a more distinct need for like, we need a character to latch onto. And so like, you know, we have this deer named Bambi and part of me was like, you know, do we even need, do we need Bambi? Or could this be more of like a, just because it's fresh in my head, like a, a Pom Poco, like we're looking at all of this as like a documentary um, type scenario. We're just like, we're looking at, you know, all of these animals equally, you know, you know, all, all of these animals are getting equally horny and we're equally as invested in all of their um, um, sensual treks as, as everybody else. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, the, the imagery, I mean, watching it at any time, I feel like you, you go in for the visuals, the text, I don't know. There, there are some things that feel really like disjointed and, and uncomfy, but um, yeah, I don't know. Jason, I, I ultimately, I think I get what you're, what you're getting at. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think I came at it from a very different angle. Um, I mean, I think for, first of all, for me, I actually really appreciated that I hadn't seen this movie since the nineties. Basically, I think I liked it far more than I would have if I had been sort of inured to it. Um, for me, I really like the leaps in animation um, technique that they apply to this at different junctures in the movie, like you had talked about, Jason. But the the real triumph of this movie is um, kind of akin to, uh, on, and honestly, like I'm not a Disney fan, and so like this this came as a surprise to me as it did all of you. But it reminded me a lot of what I love so much about Totoro, which is my favorite movie of all time, which is that the um, the minuteness of the observations that went into this movie are so profoundly detailed, so well observed and passionately rendered that you can feel the love that these people put into every frame of this thing. I think that like, for, for me, the most impressive thing about this movie is just how Bambi moves. So like, it totally makes sense that, um, that filming or not filming, but, um, production was delayed while they figured that out, right? It's like, this is a movie about animating a baby deer learning to walk, right? And it's like, to do that, they had to so lovingly observe and recreate every minute detail about what that looked like, that it it breathes like an empathy that is... it it registered to me the way that something like Totoro registers to me, right? Where it's like, when I watch Totoro, I am so stunned by the fact that a group of people could love something so much that they would commit the labor that they did to recreating the details that are rendered in that movie. And that was, I, it was surprising to me and maybe for the first time, and, and this was just ignorance on my part, but I was like, oh, I, I see that Disney animators are doing the same thing. Right. It was like the, these are people who were so impa- like clearly impassioned by what they wanted to depict about nature, what they wanted to recreate. And that is that is profound to me, I guess, like especially because the formal qualities of the movie sort of match with the, the themes of the narrative itself in the sense that this is a movie that's all about essentially a kind of conservationism. It's about sort of like, it wants you to notice these little details, these, these minute animations so lovingly rendered and recreated. And it wants you to build empathy for these interconnected systems within the forest so that like the, full weight of the fire at the end of the movie or the men as a disruptive force really registers for the first time as what they what it is right as something that is so um profoundly overwhelmingly disruptive and it sort of like i think i think it it becomes this very like conservationist plea for 
um, not even necessarily an end to hunting, but just sort of like a a need to observe more deeply and completely and to understand the things around you, right? And they did the work to make that happen, right? It's sort of saying like, look, it was worth it to us to draw this deer moving this way. Um, and there's something to that, right? It's like, if we cared this much to like, to show how realistically rain falls down, uh, and, and like, um, falls off of a leaf in motion that way. Like, what, what does it mean that we cared this much? And now that you're seeing it, are you going to be able to see what, what we see? Right. And it's like, I think the answer is yes. Right. Like, I think that like you watch a movie like this or like Totoro and you end up coming coming away with this more sort of like loving understanding of uh, the world around you because you can see how other people love it that much. Right. And I, I think that like, for me, um, that, that mentality um, sort of like uh, justifies everything about this movie, including the sort of um, lack of a traditional um, action plot. I, I think it, it sort of becomes necessary uh, in that sense, you know what I mean? To I, sort of like give you the breadth. Sure. I, and that was one thing that I noticed in rewatching this. And it's like I said, been years was just how little of it is plot. Like the barest bones of it are Bambi is born. Prince of the forest must age and sort of like maintain, gain dominance and uh, create empathy, etc. But so little of the actual runtime is focused on that way. More of it is like contextless, um, well, maybe not contextless, but like not plot serving moments. Yeah, of it's just a sequence movie, right? Like you yeah. can tell and, that they had a series and, of sequences they wanted to animate. Right. And, and I, I, I do like that. I think that's where the movie is strongest. Maybe it's because of like the friction of this, what I guess would be considered the A plot of Bambi becoming Prince King of the Forest and sort of like how he uh, learns of the dangers and opportunities that the forest provides against this whole like, well, we're going to spend like 60 of our 70 minutes just showing you life moving around, just showing you like the florid animations of beings in the water and in the trees and stuff. And I think that's, I think that is like the value of the movie. I think it would work better if it were a sequence movie that just were a sequence movie or maybe like no plot or maybe implied plot or something. Maybe I'm like comparing it too much to some of the weird like European and Balkan animation we've been watching over the last couple of years. But like, I wonder if there were better ways to tell the story or like better stories to tell to engender that. Cause then I don't know. I, I find it, maybe it's my habits more than the movies, but I find it way too easy to pigeonhole it as if it's a story about Bambi becoming like the man he's supposed to become quote unquote, like I don't know that that works. And I think that leaves the rest of the movie a little bit flat as far as like, maybe that's what you were talking about, Harry with a more tr traditional, typical like actioned uh, type plot. I don't know if it needed that necessarily, but something a little bit more direct maybe that could have like sustained attention sustained like a, an emotional through line as opposed to just these broad shots that are beautiful sure. that are great i just might just be my own sensibilities yeah i mean i don't think i'm going to convince you and i'm not interested but um sort of like i found that pace both the pacing and the broadness of this plot to be very intentional in focusing you on um what you're supposed to take away from this movie in a way that like, I think that if, if this story were more about Bambi, it would lose the forest for the trees, so to speak. Um, okay. Yeah. I really think that nice. like it, it is tremendously important to the theme of this movie that we see all of the animals that we get the sense that Bambi is truly not the only 
deer in the forest, quote unquote, and that we see that life continues to move. Um, as sort of like evidence, one of my favorite transitions in this movie is also maybe the most off put, the famously off putting one, right? It's the scene right after Bambi's mom is killed. Um, and Bambi and Bambi's dad walk off into the, the snowy forest together. And then it cuts right to this idyllic, like, fa la la ha da da da. And everybody's like, like dancing around the and singing. Scene. Yeah, the horny yes. scene. And it, it's, it's a meme, right? Like, like people literally will transpose that over. Um, other things in order to show what a weird sort of like whiplash of a sequence that is. I think that whiplash is actually really important to this movie. You, you know what I mean? It's just like with the fire. It's like after the fire burns down their home, we don't see rebuilding. We don't see anything. It's just life goes on. And I, I really feel like it's important to this movie that Bambi is decentralized as a protagonist in order to depict that in nature, life just goes on. Right. Like that, that, yeah, Bambi's mom dies like in, in a more traditional narrative, we would, we would stay with that. Right. It would be the inciting action. It would be the call to adventure. It would be the Lion King. Right. But that's not the kind of movie that this is because Bambi's not actually the main character. The main character, the main idea of this movie is life in the forest as seasons pass and animals grow older and have children of their own. Right. And I, I think that for something like that, um, I, I think that that is actually like genuinely what this movie's point is. I don't think it's an accident that uh, the plot is broad and Bambi is decentralized, essentially. Yeah, I, I do agree um, with you, Harry, that it, it seems like they write there are a handful of sequences that they really wanted to like get out there. And then the cracks were sort of filled in with like, you know, uh, with Bambi and, and friends. And it does, this movie does feel like, Disney as um, as a brand as and as like a cohort of filmmakers trying to figure out just like what the right mixture is between incorporating real world processes, um, you know, especially like the natural world, like the life cycle of of animals, like incorporating just enough of, you know, like the courtship practices, for example, while also making things endearing and digestible for children. And I think that's, that that's one of the things rather, I mean, I, this was the second time I'd watched it. The first time was like a couple of years ago. It was something that I watched in its entirety for the first time in quarantine, just for the sake of like checking boxes off a made up movie list I have in my head. But that, that was sort of one of the jarring things of, you know, on one hand you have these three, you know, young essentially just like teenage male animals going off on their their horny adventures you know the the old codger owl warns them she's like hey just so you know it's springtime so you're gonna be fucking and sucking until the sun goes down so just like be be aware of that i regret that too but um uh and and then they go and then they go off and do that they have these very cute you know like they're being wooed and they're wooing and all these things and then on the other side you have bambi's father who is like portrayed in a very different sort of like i don't i didn't do enough research about deer to like understand how how like the natural world works with regards to like the you know deer he's the alpha the bro. He, he's the alpha but like is is he just bambi's father is the the father to every deer in the fucking forest is like oh yeah dude, like, you know that guy's got a woman in every port look at you see the size of his antlers he's yeah, getting down yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, I so uh, I that it and I think the the confounding porch not like uh, confounding with within the confines of this movie, which you know uh, again it, the Bambi's mom's death scene juxtaposed immediately 
afterward with you know that you know it's springtime and hey we're 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 courting now it's you know well i was gonna say cuffing season but that's you know not right but you know what i mean and that, like that's for me watching this the who had only ever seen like the the bambi's mom death scene in a vacuum where like bambi is told through some godlike creature in the mist who like we can barely barely see with all the snow coming down she's like you can't see your mother anymore and like watching that it's actually more confounding watching with you know within you know, or, you know, within the watching it within the movie, as opposed to just watching a clip of it, because it's like, well, he hasn't like, it's not until that sequence, right. That it's uh, said that he's his father, like he calls him his son. And that's the first time he, he calls him his son. It's just, I, I don't know. So I, all, again, all that is circling back to like finding the right mix of, you know, Hey, may, maybe for this kid's movie that may, maybe we do have nuclear families. Maybe this deer is, you know, he's, he's the daddy for the whole forest. You know what I'm saying? We got We got to pick and choose our battles, I guess. I, is it, is it? Oh, sorry, Jason. I, no, no, sorry. You, you, I, you, I, I cut I was, you off. Yeah, I was, I was going to, I was thinking about this. Is it more, there's like two ways to read this where like the father being kind of this absent getting shit done feels very representative of like kind of, uh, you know, gender roles uh, in kind of, you know, early to mid 20th century, specifically America, but elsewhere too. Uh, but also does it not, is it not just as reinforcing of that if the final shot is Bambi and uh, uh, falling, you know, sitting around as the newborn babies are, but I don't right. know what is more reinforcing of those kind of gendered, uh, uh, kind of stereotypes or standards or whatever. They're both, maybe. I don't know. Either way, we lose. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Whoever Sorry, wins, we lose. No, I mean, yes. I think what I was about to say might might tie into that a little bit because I'm trying to understand Harry's point a little bit better um, in that, and, and it seems like it's something that you're all on the same page about, so I'm trying to straighten, straighten my own understanding. Is it that, like, the lack of focus on Bambi's quote unquote story, his plot, like his coming of age, if you will, is it like pointed to the, like to the message of the stories that like we impose on the, like the, uh, that nature is like the constant, the important part to be observed. Like Harry was saying earlier, that it's something that's like deserving of respect and attention, uh, rather than like the sort of human dramas that we impose on them, that the, that, that that's just like means to an end that's how we're going to try to get you to empathize with the larger like broader i think harry's gone again i'm not sure um yeah the man's gone I, again maybe well he's done. just yeah. like kind of zoned out deep yeah, in a meditative thought i can't believe jason's not talking moving about this at shit. All. he has his eyes closed okay. I, I really hope i really hope that these tracks <laughs> line up because his this often <laughs> oh jason 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 yeah Here, here's the thing this I, is this gonna sound I, I don't convince you and i don't want to or whatever he said <laughs> this is going to sound very <laughs> informal, but Harry Harry made a great point about this film, uh, kind of you know being about kind of the forest as kind of a larger picture, right? And so yeah, giving time right. to these other creatures in order to reinforce kind of this I don't know slightly holistic message about that's what I was uh, thinking specifically humans and and their impact on the environment and their place within it and kind of you know how we maybe should not be like the hunters who let the fire kind of kill everything and the in the habitat. yeah like pump however pump. however. This film is also doing something a little uh, stupider, but I think just as admirable, which is this film is kind of a series uh, of introductions of cool guys. Okay. You meet one okay, guy, absolutely. it's a squirrel who's using his own tail as a blanket. Cool guy. 
you meet a little uh, uh, skunk that's kind of very horny and bashful, lying in the flowers so it, that he smells good and he doesn't smell like crap. Another cool guy. The owl who yells at the kids for being too horny. Great, cool guy. This movie is like a collection of like about 10, 11, maybe 12 cool guys uh, that you just slowly get introduced to over the course of about 70 minutes. And that's pretty cool. I, this is not a smart thing to say, but I think it's cool. It kind of works. It's kind of like, oh, here's another cute little, uh, let's see what happens. Oh, yeah, the, 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 the little, I don't even know what animals they are. They dig together and then they hit their heads uh, and then they pop up out of the ground. That's cool. The, you know, it's just a collection of that. It's greatest hits of cool little Disney cute animals. You yeah, know? I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. And, that, and it shares that in common with, uh, we evoked the specter of Ghibli by talking about Totoro. Yes. But I think it... To- it to- Totoro is the best of Totoro, Totoro, Totoro is, the best is, of, is the best cool guy. I've little small interactions that you're like, oh, that's that's an incredible way to think about that animal or that aspect of nature or right. that thing. It's yes. And that appears very, much, very so. much in my little cool guys movie is Spirited Away because there are a lot of just little cool dudes in that movie. That's great. Uh, but I understand that my friend Cody has something to say. <laughs> I the the but lead is that a bit now? I understand. <laughs> I, I'm just getting this on the on the news desk here. Uh, my friend Cody actually has now um, on the on the note of um, cool guy introductions. Um, it's not this movie, uh, and maybe no other movie since is ever going to top the the introduction of the Seven Dwarves, where it's just like, hey man, we're we're digging up diamonds all day, and now we're getting the fuck home, and we're doing it together because we're homies, <laughs> and we're gonna sing a dope ass song. This um, one's sleepy. Yeah, yeah, and you know this guy over here. This guy, he fucking sneezes. You ever see this guy sneeze? Um, we, we that's his nickname. Um, and speaking of nicknames, the the reason that I I read that I raised my hand um was uh flower flower the skunk. The most important question yeah. is flower named flower because Bambi called yeah. flower flower thinking he was a flower and then he just rolled with it forever or yes. was is it yes. like a funny coincidence where he was uh, it sounds like that's the case but like he was named that's flower the and then bambi coincidentally called him okay that's you know what good bit um i mean that is how that is how what was what was work. flowers name i mean that's a nickname I, like that's the thing i don't know but before he was, like, it was, he, like uh, he was called uh, named something else and then bambi was oh i guess i'm well shit smelling motherfucker now. was before the, flower the, 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 the previous <laughs> i'll take this one <laughs> he he had run afoul of the previous administration so as soon as he could he took the opportunity to completely <laughs> throw away his identity <laughs> his name was swamp ass before bambi there, came along that was, there is a third uh and even more disturbing implication that bambi as crown prince of the forest may have the right to name the other animals he is Adam. Oh, sure. um, b- before we go oh, any further can your flower you get the stocks can yeah. i get us all the clap right. after, after i count to three just in case we need to oh, reset sure. tracks with all of harry's in yeah. and out are we doing it on three or what after three so what would we go i'm gonna go one two three and then we clap okay okay one, to the same cadence two okay. three beautiful okay uh okay. Swamp ass. Sorry the, about that, guys. Skunk. I don't know what's no, going okay. on. Um, uh, no, that's the, the the flower does rock. Flower is a very good character. Yeah, flower does rock. He's, he's he's also like kind of horny for Bambi. Yeah, is he kind of a queer character? Is that that's what a baby uh, is like? I, I, coded, obviously. Kelly and I ways. fully thought he was trans mask. <laughs> Because like I thought he was a girl for the first two thirds of this movie, and then I also thought that they went the lady puberty, and it was like, yeah, sure. It's a very subtle thing they do where all of the, with the exception of the skunks, all of the animals, I think, maybe there's some that I don't fucking know, but but at least for Bambi and uh, Pauline and some of the other animals, uh, the, the fellas, they have 
brown eyes, and the women, they have blue eyes. And Flower and also, has blue eyes, yeah. but the stomach fur is different. Uh, the female mm. Flower doesn't even have a name, I don't think, in this film, but probably, wow. you know, maybe Bambi 2 fleshes that out, but she has, uh, I think, white fur, and then Flower has brownish fur. It's very odd. I guess right. that's uh, that's the indicator there. But here's but. the thing. Here's the thing. Which ones have the shiny metal cartoon eyelid? Because like not everybody has that, and I oh, noticed I... when specifically when they're when the bunnies are floating, when Thumper and shiny and the lady bunny eyelid. is, and and she's like batting her eyes. The shiny Google shiny shiny metal cartoon eyelid. You're thinking of like the Iron other... Giant. It's a different film. You, Wait, is you, is the savage. eyelid? metal or are you talking about like the no no this this other actual eyes shiny yeah. metal i'll 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 do the effort of of googling and sending a link google it yes. cartoon the, the eyes the pupils are the because i think that's yeah. all that is always carried it's like been a while since uh, the connotation of, of flirtatiousness and of like uh sort of a an, an outgoingness sort of a, a coquettishness that i think they associate with the like with the female characters a lot not exclusively but in this movie it seems to be a trend anyway uh, flower rocks. Hey, how hateful is it that now that we are all poisoned by the internet, we have to watch movies like this and be like, "Oh, I can, I can see where the furries uh, got started." You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Man. It's like the, the, those three yeah. sequences of like, just like obviously, like animals, like especially the skunk. It's like trying like trying to be sexy and it's like man like why do we have to watch this animal try to be sexy for like five full minutes of this 69 minute defensive there is unfortunately a a very long historied uh you know just like sequence of of forest and like i don't know what what the general term is but like this kind of fairy-esque uh, setting being just drenched in sexuality. I mean, I was I was talking earlier about kind of the the criticism that the critic you know the critics had uh, when this first came out. They're like, there's no magic in it, but like there very clearly is. It is like you know there is it is kind of fitting into a history of these kind of fanciful uh, uh, f- kind of forest stories about animals speaking and talking and doing all these magical things. And like I don't know, Midsummer Night's Dream there just has a, a woman fucking a horse, you know, in that right. one. So I don't know. This shit's uh, shit's always been in story. That's it's, the forest is where you go to do that horny shit. No, you can't you're do actually, that in society. You need to go over in the trees and then you you know you pop one out and then you come the, back. Yeah, the that's the way you do the it. Winter's Tale, uh, another Shakespeare. <laughs> that's literally. In Lots a Shakespeare of animal class, horniness. We did that. Like we talked all about. I'm how, sorry, like, you did what? You, I had sex with a horse in a Shakespeare okay. class. I, in a Shakespeare class, look, I, you know, I was, was doing a it part. It was extra credit. <laughs> it was for art. It was for art. Uh, yeah, I think that, like, um, to your point earlier, Jason, um, I think that, like, the the reason why I like this movie, um, and the reason why it might feel a little bit more boring uh might be the same thing which is like i i think that the reason why it's broad is is it's an appeal to sort of universality i think you're supposed to like see this movie and think not like this is bambi's story you're supposed to think like this is the story of life um like moving forward i think like capital Mm -hmm. l life and bambi is like an instrument for telling that story but it is symbolic right like this is allegorical um, or sort of demonstrative of a larger idea rather than um, a plot-based story, I guess, is where I come down um, with it. And I I actually, I guess I really appreciate it for that, probably yeah. more than I would if it mm. was a more traditional uh, Disney animated movie. 
Yeah, I can see that. I, st- I still don't know that it like increases it in my estimation. It's like, did I did I enjoy this? Is this a good movie? Definitely adds context to some of the pieces I felt it's were missing a- there. It's also, uh, I think we may have brought this up, but uh, it's also 70 minutes. It's it's not like a two-hour long. I was looking through the other Disney the uh, movies, and there are some that are kind of shorter, some that are a little longer, but 70 minutes is not not bad at all. Even for a film that, like, it, I, I think if it, if it were like 80 minutes, I think I start to feel the length of it, which is a weird thing to say about a movie this short. But like the, the non kind of traditional structure does yes, necessitate absolutely. a shorter. But like yes. I, it went down. Pr- I think I would use the bathroom once in the middle of this. I wasn't in the theater, of course, like everybody else. But like use the bathroom once in the middle of this just to take a just a quick break. But other than that, it went down smooth. Not a problem. Yeah. yeah. You know? I mean, like um, comparing this to just watching the 35 millimeter print of the trial of snow white like that is i think 83 minutes and that i mean that felt shorter than bambi i think just due to the nature of you know it has like it's a very tight well kind of tight like narrative it's it's, it has a a very distinct narrative focus that you just kind of run with um for a little while and that like it goes by pretty quick but yeah i mean hey 70 minutes or 60 well 69 minutes i thought we were going um canonically um you know round up or not it's 60 69 or 70 minutes is fine with me yeah uh uh song in the south is two hours and that movie's horrifically racist all the way through all right that's just two hours of (laughs) no okay it might be time uh to head to the final segment of our show do we have any junk drawer thoughts i i I guess this isn't a super like big movie to pull Uh, those out of but one sort of animation detail I really like is the fact that um, the animators were so interested in hitting um, like iconic or maybe not iconic, but like pose transitions for animals when they talked that they actually had to slow the dialogue down. So the dialogue in this movie is really weird where like there will hmm. be like three second pauses between the start of somebody's sentence and it's the way it finishes because somebody like Thumper or Flower have to go through like eight different key pose transitions between um, it's another thing that definitely kind of gives this movie that um, that production feeling. It kind of takes you out of the idea that it's a traditional plot along with the, as contemporary critics noted less than great uh, voice acting that they, that they chose to go with or that then the technology of the time uh, forced upon them. But uh, it, I, that's something I really like. It really draws attention to, um, in my opinion, like the um, mentality and um, value system of this movie that like we are going to show like these animals lovingly rendered going through all of these little poses, especially like Bambi himself uh, and especially Bambi when he's a baby, like the the animation it, just showing and not telling is so effective at engendering empathy for uh, Bambi and understanding of him as like a baby, as someone who is coming into his own, right? Like, I just think that like those, th- that animation in particular is like stunningly effective within the context of this movie. I would agree. And on a very similar note, I think it like really makes you appreciate, especially with 60 years, like hindsight on this movie, 60, 80 years of hindsight on this movie. My God, my God. Um, the importance and value, like I don't need to teach anybody this of like a good, 
of good character design of like good silhouettes, the fact that they can have multiple characters of the exact same species uh, and have them like visually distinct and have, have them like move and, and work on the screen in different ways and read as like distinct is kind of incredible. Um, I mean, it really speaks like Harry was saying to the uh, like almost obsessive level of observational detail that they pumped into this movie. Um, and the other thing is the just incredibly good, sometimes just reaction shots, but the facial expressions on some of these animals, uh, it clearly is like, yes, it was part of the genesis of like, uh, furry, it, it, like the, the whole furry movement, I guess. Um, and very, very, very convincingly funny, uh, at times, like any, any time that it pans back to flower after somebody said something like mildly flirtatious or like mildly suggestive and just hit the way that he blushes and the way that he like grabs his tail and stuff. It's, it, it's a, it's funny. It's fact like a lot of these facial expressions, you could probably like screenshot them and they go on that good faces bot, you know, that's just like, look at this ridiculous interframe of animation. That's just too goofy and good and intentional to, to pass up. Those, those were the moments I really loved. Yes. I loved pausing this movie partway through to like recognize, wow, that's, that's a really interesting choice for this moment, for this reaction that they're supposed to have. And yet it's reading exactly like it should. To me. Uh, my favorite example of that, I think there are like three of these at different points in the movie, but I really love it whenever one animal just kind of inconveniences the other and the camera just lingers on the inconvenienced animal being like, oh, why I oughta, you know, yeah. like I think at one point, like somebody, spl- or Bambi splashes a duck who's trying to get into the water and then like Bambi's not on screen anymore but the the duck is still there and he's just like like he's just making like a sour face it's so good like <laughs> it, it it's so fun and it, it sets such a dynamic mood right like the the forest really feels alive um in this it's great uh my last junk drawer is that april showers song is a real banger um i don't like the not amazing music as far as this goes i will say that hercules clearly the better music uh of the I mean, we, yes, we will create like, the dichotomy here yeah. or, or like uh, the better like music moments, I guess, like the, the score of Bambi is is amazing. It sounds like the Nutcracker or something. But uh, when it when it comes to like the actual sort of like um, vocal music, it's a lot of like trying to like sound like the wind. Uh, and it kind of it kind of sounds like theremin a little bit. It's a little spooky, um, but I I liked it. But it's not it's not the highlight. I don't think, except for that one song, "April Showers," which rocks. Which it will be our outro music for this episode, which will be coming to a close after I confirm that we've actually we're ready to close up the junk drawer. Harry, or sorry, Aaron, Cody, anything else you wanted to bring up in this last um, segment of ours? Sure, really quick. Uh, first and foremost, it should be said, um, Bambi uh, is royalty, and so he's no good. Um, just have to float that uh, out there, make sure we're all on the same page. Um, and animation notes um, that's been a pervasive theme throughout today's junk drawer, and so I'll just throw out the in this the opening one of the opening sequences the moment where I, i'm watching it both times i was like oh yeah like let's let's fucking go it's the it's sort of a sweeping shot of like one area of the forest and it you know it feels like you're you're driving past it in the car and you're looking out the stuff like the first layer of things are moving by more quickly the stuff behind it is moving by a little more just like the mapping of those things together it's like oh wow this looks this looks so good um I can't remember if they did that a lot um, after that sequence, but that was one that stood out to me. It was a really, really good sort of tone setter for for me, for whatever reason. Um, good looking movie, mm-hmm. IMO. 
I think that was the big technology um, of this movie, right? That like rotoscoping, like panning shot from the mm-hmm. beginning. Like I think that they really like that was the new development that they. There's an amazing. Um, I'll have to ask Drew uh, who came to this with me, but there there's a um, special feature showing how they did that, and it, it involves like 15 panes of glass that have different animations on them, like moving in different like um, patterns. Uh, it's Really crazy and awesome. Um, also, really good point about monarchy. Kind of weird that this book was uh, apparently, and this might be apocryphal, but I, it was written by a Jewish man in Germany, and it was about the rise of like persecution of Jews in Germany. And then like this was translated by Walt Disney to screen, and it becomes about how everything is good when there's a monarch in control. It wasn't even a kid's, the, like the original book is not even like a kid's. No, it's like, not. Walt it's Disney was just like, ah, I'm going to take this. And, and then it up, became yeah. so, it became so like waspy when, and monarch, monarchy when, uh, that's not monarch, it's monarch hyphen Y. Anyway, what I'm saying is Walt Disney was a, was a real creep. And continues to be, uh, that has been the junk drawer and our full discussion of this, uh, movie. Go check out movies at the trial on there's a whole series about disney movies playing at the trial on all this month uh concurrent with the kinuyo tanaka series which you can probably expect to hear more from us about both of these maybe we'll see for right now we have one final segment of our show to introduce uh and harry is the one who counts us off yeah the best segment yet it is the segment we like to call (gasps) cody's Cody's noties Wow. Thank you, gentlemen. That introduction was as pretty as a flower. Uh, Today we'll be indulging in a little segment I like to call Dear Love. uh, I I know when in doubt, I can just go back to that well of of naming these these suckers. Uh, But what I'll do is present a series of prompts related to Dear. After each statement, I will ask y'all in alphabetical by first name order to respond. You'll get a point for every correct answer or closest to the correct answer, and the person with the most points at the end will win. As always, trivia mafia rules apply here, so use your noodles to get these answers that uh, that you seek, not your Googles or your Jeeveses or your other search engines. Um, so with that, let's go ahead and jump in. Uh, so first question, um, you know, from what can be ascertained, the movie version of Bambi is apparently uh, a white-tailed deer in the book. I think I saw that he was um, a roe deer or something like that. Uh, my question for you all, what is the tallest expected height, not length, height uh, of an adult white-tailed deer at the shoulder? So the the tallest um, you know, potential listed height uh, at the shoulder of an adult white-tailed deer. Again, height, standing on length. two legs or four? Uh, four. Come so, on. Harry, again, no, would you laugh four? at my jokes? Please unmute, man. It, 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 I was just no. going to say, that's, that's an same. excellent question. Jason's, Very putting really crickets. Question. Jason's putting the crickets uh, in the background. I can already tell. Uh, Aaron, what is, what is your guess? Uh, we can go um, feet and inches, uh, I think, as we usually do. Height. All right, give me one yeah. second. Let me stand up. <laughs> Do you not know how tall you are? He's a, he's picturing the deer. He's he's going into his mind palace. Sure, going four feet six inches tall. Sorry, did you specify gender at all, or just the average deer? Just uh, adult. Four feet six. They're so big. Four feet six inches tall. I guess four feet four feet six inches. All right, uh, Harry. Are we measuring from the top of their heads? Like at height at the shoulder. Oh, you shoulder. said at the shoulder. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, a couple times. That's okay. Ouch. 
Did he freeze again, or is he glaring no, at me? I'm just he's glaring at me. Uh, just... I'm gonna, I'm gonna do three and a half feet. All right, three and a half feet, and Jason. I'm going clean five foot. I think clean. those bastards are big. big. Yeah. I think you might be right. Oh, sorry. I should note when I laugh. I laughed when Jason said those bastards are big. You were unmuted for it. <laughs> hey, just leave yourself unmuted. Yeah. It's a notice. Hey, kick back and relax. Just, That's yeah. the notice. Um, uh, going off a few sources on the internet, the tallest expected height of an adult white-tailed deer at the shoulder is reportedly... Three feet nine inches. So, Come on, uh, uh, the bastards okay. ain't that big, I guess. Um, still very scary. I would not pick a fight with a deer. I think I could probably take an adult white-tailed deer in a like, fight. I would not pick a fight, dude. What I if don't it was know. standing two feet? Bambi took on like twenty <laughs> dogs. If they, if they were standing on two feet, game over. I am putting my my white tail between my legs and I am walking home. That dog, you baby guys... bullshit. I think Bambi would have gotten smoked. Oh yeah, by absolutely. Yeah, no, no, I mean like one hundred percent. The the thing about it is that Bambi is like he's a fucking wild man. Like he's he's an incredibly skilled fighter <laughs> by deer standards. This, like we, the, the this has been established. So Bam, Bambi Sue. two is a kind of like a prequel sequel kind of thing. It takes place. After Bambi's mother dies, but before the time jump where he has the horns, right. and Bambi in that, two Fury he, Road, I think he, he, learns, he learns jujitsu. Yes, and he does yeah. learn yeah. how to fight. The training montage uh, so, is yeah. there. I mean, he didn't need to learn how to fight. He's fucking great at it in this movie. He takes down that bigger deer, and then he takes on like twenty dogs. The, the, the it's bigger crazy. Deer, the bigger deer is literally the backstory for that is fleshed out in Bambi two. I'm not joking. No. That's oh, the wow. main plot point of that film. Is he a Nazi? Oh, is that the? Uh, no, his name's Rano, and he's like a dick deer he fucking you know, and then he so i guess if you're like oh, no. wow i really wondered a lot about that deer that clearly is just kind of like a thematic point and not necessarily to know his name any sort of backstory you can watch bambi too and learn a lot about omg that. is there wait is there, there has to be some kind of <laughs> it's a glove situation <laughs> there has to be a suffix to bambi too right they didn't just call it's that just motherfucker bambi, bambi. It's just bambi, bambi too. Too. jesus bambi really tasteful really cody tasteful, did man. i ruin sorry if i ruined any of your cody's nobody's no no bambi no too. i I, I ha- okay. only had that at the ready because Disney Plus had the had the gall to suggest Bambi two to me after the the credits for Bambi <laughs> one like, started rolling. Just, you enjoyed hey, those? You're, you're right here. Yeah, you yeah. Seventy minutes. You got time for another. What movie else are you, you doing want. with your Friday yeah. afternoon? Yeah. Um, <sighs> mercy. Well, hey. Um, shout outs to to Rano. You mess with the deer, you get the horns. Uh, now, question number two. As we said, movie Bambi is a white tailed deer. That is kind of one species of deer how many species of deer are there aaron i love looking at your big old eyes are you gonna stand up yes (laughs) yeah do you need to uh how many species of deer are there fuck i don't fuck uh i mean hey look it's deer love i don't know what to tell you three Aaron says 23. Uh, a LeBron James stan uh, in, in the chat, it would seem, or Michael Jordan. Um, whatever you please. Uh, Two Harry, goats, what is what your guess? Unfortunately, that's a pretty good guess, Aaron, I feel. Or go Although, a lot. Or I don't go know like anything. Two. I don't. I'm going to go with 36. Okay. Harry is going with 36, um, which is kind of funny because his last guess was th- 36 in a way. Um, three foot six. He just gonna throw some quotation really marks in there. Mm, I think we um, cracked the Harry Mac and yeah. code. Yeah. Uh, Jason, what is, what is your guess? You're going to go with 50 or are you thinking something else? We're going with 55 species of deer. 
There's left to be like three, and then it's just like I, a win yeah, based I think on. It's, I think like it's going to be nine. There's like we have like found a- we have found thirteen deer individually since the dawn. <laughs> right. So there's maybe two species there. One had dots. We I, don't know if the other probably, one. Did. It, honestly, it probably is like like scientific, like taxonomical, uh, yeah. like technicality sure means that like. Actually, technically, only four species There's can only be called true, de- true yeah. deer. Yeah, it's yeah. bullshit like that. Cody. Anything else? Gazelles I was say, anybody, anybody want to call their anybody else want to call their shot before we get to? No, no, no. To Go the... ahead. I need to know. Okay, I need to know. All right. Uh, in the family Cervidae, there are forty-three <laughs> species of deer. Oh, forty-three. Of, uh, so Harry gets that it. one. Yeah, there um, you go. Yeah. Harry knowing a lot about deer after fucking that horse in the Shakespeare class. That's all yeah. I'm going to say. I became one with the woods. It was extra out. credit. Yeah. All right. I, I, yeah. I like if it's got really God, extra. this is a weird bit. I'm sorry. I, I, like, I like that you're Im- implicating Harry in something even worse than potentially having <laughs> fucked a horse on stage. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know what I'm he did in that like, class. I'm the just fact saying that I know that, he did this terrible thing implies maybe he did also another thing that was also kind of like not great. Like, that, no, that is that is how that works. Yeah, I mean, oh, like, you know the mantra: if it's got four hooves, we gotta raise it, the roof. I feel like if you're a serial killer, you're before. much more likely to be a pedophile. You know what I mean? Hmm. Question so. three: uh, the film <laughs> Bambi showcases uh, human atrocities against the uh, the evident deer empire. But what about the other way around, huh? Who, what about that? My question for you all about how many oh. deer-related car accidents occur in the United States oh. each year. So again, how many how many uh, car accidents were the the source of the the accident? Wait, are we blaming the deer, deer for this for the yes. car accidents? Listen, I, it's yes, deer love. Absolutely. I don't know what to tell you. Um, uh, how many deer related car accidents occur in the United States each year? Just accidents. We're not talking just the the accident itself. We're not talking about yeah. casualties or deaths yeah, or anything yeah. like that. Just how many accidents, Aaron? Um, eleven thousand. 11,000 is the guess. 11,000 accidents. Uh, Harry, what is your guess? I was going to go, it's low, but 36? I'm going to go with 3,600. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, 3,000 3, of those are in Wisconsin. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, I, I, think, I think my relatives have done more than 3,000, so I don't. <laughs> uh, Jason, what is your guess? I'm going to go with uh, 23,000. 23,000. I've never hit one, but I've come pretty close many, many, many times in my life. So, yeah. Um, reportedly, every year, approximately 1.23 million deer affiliated car Jesus accidents occur in the Christ. US. Really lo- Can we minus a point for Harry for left? saying really low? Please. I'm, I'm <laughs> you know, don't actually, but. Viewers uh, at home, please consider it. You know? uh, I will say, yes. um, apparently, an average because uh, everybody, everybody listening is probably very concerned. Uh, apparently, an average of two hundred Americans die from these accidents annually. We can get that. You said one point two three every year. One point two three million every year. You saying one in three? Just I go out to a mall. One of, and I look at you know, I go to a TJ Maxx. One of those people will have hit a deer. Is it? A, 
is it a TJ Maxim? Is it a TJ Maxx in Wisconsin though? <laughs> That's a good point. You got the California TJ Maxes. They they okay. Good point. Yeah, yeah. one million this, of those is in Wisconsin. This is coming the from the stats guy, is, yeah. uh, on our podcast sure. here. Uh, yep. Listen, uh, the the internet uh, is my bible. Reputable sources are, are not. But hey, this this is what the internet gave me, and I, I do want to offer up as a barometer the number of deaths uh, by bear attacks in North America usually total somewhere between two and five each year. That is two point zero zero and five point zero zero. Bears so, just uh, getting embarrassed sounds by like the deer. In this yeah, film really were maybe doing us a favor. I mean, maybe yeah. um, read it that way. You know what? Some, something Yo, to think about. Those hunters are wild, by the way. I love that in this movie, the hunters are like, that's not what hunting looks like. You don't just go out into the woods and shoot at anything Shooting that moves. Shooting anything that moves. I think <laughs> probably like, a lot of people do that, unfortunately. Yeah, here. unfortunately. Yeah. Well, Bambi does take place again in Wisconsin. So <laughs> womp womp. Um, quick look at the scoreboard as we are uh, three-fifths of the way through this segment. Uh, Harry's got two points. Jason is on the board with one. Um, Aaron uh, still sitting back, uh, waiting waiting for the opportunity to pounce. You know, I'll, hey, I'm, I'm just going to come out and say it. Still anybody's game. Uh, question number four. Uh, for this question, we're going we're gonna to pivot to John Deere, uh, which, uh, hey, fun fact um, – it's not fun and barely a fact, but it's a brand name of an American corporation that manufactures agricultural machinery and lawn care equipment. How many people in the United States at this very moment have the name John Deere spelled in the J O H N D E E R E. How many people in the United States have the name John Deere Aaron? Probably about 1.23. No, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go like uh, 10,000 again. Why not? Good little barometer there. Right. 10,000? Uh, uh, for using the word barometer? You know what? A, a symbolic point to Aaron for using for bringing back the word barometer. It's a good word. Shoutouts to barometers. Uh, Nobody's Harry, saying. Harry, what's your, your barometer, your guess? Well, I feel kind of like I'm cheating because I happen to know the fun fact that every human being in Montana is named John Deere. Um, which is mm. really gonna, but so two thousand uh, people, <laughs> right? Yeah, so I'm, yeah well. I'm I'm gonna go with. Uh, I think that there are f- forty eight John Deere's out there. Forty eight John Deere's, uh, and Jason, how many John Deere's are out there in your perception of the world? Going for three thousand six hundred John Deere's, please. Three thousand six hundred John Deere's, according to HowManyOfMe.com which I checked uh, <laughs> two days ago. 34 people in the U.S. have the name John Deere spelled in the same way. Um, so by a nose, Harry's got the, the closest guess. You're failing to consider the Mennonite community, which would not be listed on who, how many of That's me. That's got to make up at least, that, that, at least 9, another 3,576 yes. <laughs> Well, I mean, and there, there's also the fact that there are several survivalist cults uh, populated exclusively by John Deere's who are living off the grid in unincorporated territory that is you not think technically if you had part a good of the United of humor States. And your last name was Deere, you just toss them the, the name John. Look, you, regardless of the gender of the kid, you just, yeah, you're John. You commit last to the name bit, yeah. Deere. I have a good sense of humor. You're a job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 34 sets of parents in this. Uh, are, I mean, what, what else are you going to call are them? genuinely hilarious. What? What else are you going to call them? Tom? Tom Deere? 
Everybody's going to know you should have gone with John. Ralph I, Deer? I think yeah, a, a like, D name on. might be fun, you know, for alliterative yeah, purposes. Drew Deer. Chet, Dan, Chet Dan Deer. Darren Deer. Dan Deer. Oh, man. Darren Deer sounds like an action Dominic movie. Deer. It's like a Tom Clancy sort yeah, of Yeah, it's pretty good, actually. Yeah. Yeah, Dequan Deer. I will. I will direct this uh, segment to question number five. Uh, it's the fifth and final question, and for this prompt, we're going to look to the American Film Institute or AFI for short. Um, unless you're a fan of the the emo band, then you can um, let them bam, have bam, that. Bam. Um, exactly. Hey, exactly. Uh, in 2005, the American Film Institute released their list of the 100 best quotes. In the history of cinema, uh, American cinema, I should say, because, you know, American Film Institute. Ta-da! One entry on this list was the famous line spoken by the actor Clark Gable in Gone with the Wind. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. My question for you all, at what place on AFI's list did this quote place? So list of 100 quotes. This quote is on it. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Where did it place on that list, Aaron? Are we playing last point wins rules? What? Wait, what? Uh, <laughs> just last one wins it. I'm just wondering if we're playing that right now. If no? if okay. you want to play that, go for it. I will not be playing. Can I ask? That. Can I ask? If, uh, is play it Sam number one? I don't know. Okay, because I think I, think I, I saw I, this on TV when I was younger. I gotta I go. Only, I I, I, I think. Eighth. Okay, I think at yeah. once upon uh, once upon a time I could maybe recite the entirety of this of this list, but okay. hey, for the purposes of this segment, I I just know where this this one quote is slotted, and I'm not telling you, um, but I've got eighth down for Aaron. Uh, Harry, your guess is next. Where do you think this quote placed on the list? I'm gonna go with number four. Number four, and Jason, where are you thinking? See, you're squeezing me out because. AFI, a bunch of old heads, they've got to have mad love for that quote, and I don't... Maybe not, though. I'm not, com- I'm not comfortable putting it at three. I'm not Double comfortable... Put- I'm going to go, like, Aaron guessed, what, eight? Don't. Don't do that to me. Don't guess uh, that. Aaron, eighth, and Harry, fourth. Guess seventh. I'm, I'm cutting the difference and guessing sixth. Oh. Jason is going with sixth. Okay. So... A whole lot of numbers qu- above that. The it's quote, frankly, my dear... I don't give a damn. Spoken by the actor Clark Gable in the film Gone with the Wind, placed in position number one on AFI's God list of the damn. 100 best quotes in the history of I, American cinema. I remember cinema. just thought it's super happen. overrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so. I mean, it's, AFI, a go- I mean, it's a good. I mean, it's a good thing to say to somebody as you're walking. Oh yeah, it's out. sick. I mean, yeah. yeah, or to that a deer. It's not that good though. <laughs> Yeah. That's no, it is not. They're, it's yeah. a scientific process. They're just looking at the quote, Harry. And they're all 95 yeah. years old and racist. Yeah. So well, that helps true. too. Yeah. They love that movie. Yeah, they do. Um, well, and hey, hopefully hopefully, there's some love for deer love out there. Uh, we'll bring it back next time we talk about a deer movie. Um, but for now, uh, Harry, your, your time to, to pop off. What, what have you got on your mind? Uh, the real victory was that I got to play this great game with my dear friends. Oh, God. But? Oh. That's all I had. I don't oh, okay. have another deer pun uh, in the in the hopper, so. 
in the thumper the thumper thank if you, you will. so much for listening to uh this episode of try love thank you cody for always ending our episodes on a really fun note uh you can check out more of these disney movies at the trial specifically the animated ones uh at trialon.org find tickets there kinuyo tanaka a series about uh, the underseen films of the japanese female director of the 40s and 50s uh and 60s maybe um are also on sale at trialand.org. Uh, check it out and check us out at Trilove Podcast anywhere you get social media uh, tweets specifically. I was about to say anywhere, but we're only on one, one place. Uh, if you're already listening to us, hopefully that means you found us on whatever podcast service you like. Keep looking for us there and look forward to fun episodes with fun people going forward. This was just a lot of babble. My name is Jason Daphnis. Um, you can find me on Twitter next time uh, at Nintendoofus. Yeah, next time. There'll be a next time, probably. Uh, yeah, hey, Harry, right. next time I see you, um, I'll get you your prize for winning this game. I'm not sure what that's going to be, but um, perhaps I can throw you some dough or at least, you know, maybe give you a buck. Uh, I've been Cody Narvison. You can find me on Twitter at Cody underscore BH. The moral victory is Cody's, but I remain the Cody's Noties current champion, champion of deer, prince of the forest, Harry Mackin, and you can find me on Twitter at Shiitake Harry. Knew he was going to do it. Uh, Tanaka was technically not a director in the 40s. Although she did okay, act I a bunch apologize. in the 40s. So. I know that she had the Tanaka heads out there. Like, I correct. In, no need in to write in. 60s. Yeah, you yeah, stopped some you. tweets, which thank you. I appreciate. Thank you. Oh, I stopped maybe thousands. I was about to get. I was about to get in. trampled. Tweets, Instagram DMs, point. just just uh, uh, people mailing you just pictures of, of like you at like the supermarket, you know, from, like far away. <laughs> uh, no, uh, my name is Aaron. You can find me on Twitter at RB Please. Thanks for listening. Winter seems long, but it won't last forever. Get it,